Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet, it's time to anchor down. Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast presented by Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. We are part of the 440 Sports Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. In today's show, Sam Phelan joins us to talk about Vanderbilt basketball. The Commodores get a couple of wins in Hawaii. And let's go right to Sam to talk about that. Sam Phelan joins us today as we do a basketball podcast. Sam is our basketball writer at Vandy Sports. He is back in Chicago for a break, but he's been watching the team intently from TV. Unfortunately, we couldn't foot the bill to send Sam to Hawaii. But uh, thank you for joining us today, Sam. Hope your Christmas was a good one, and thanks for being here. Yeah, Chris, thank you. Uh, happy holidays to you as well. Um, and then obviously all the listeners, it's a, it's a great time of year um, and glad to be back. Any exciting stuff you got for Christmas? Oh, man. You know, I, I don't know. There's a pretty, uh, pretty, pretty uh, regular, uh, ordinary, relaxing Christmas for me. Got a, uh, got some gift cards for food, big food guys. So uh, definitely going to be doing that um, and uh, enjoying that. And then some clothes. I enjoy my clothes Christmas time. Yeah. Where, where, where are we shopping for clothes and for food? Oh, man. Okay. So, okay. I go to, I probably spend like a, on an embarrassing lump sum of money at Chipotle every every year. Um, I just I, I, I like love that place. Chipotle. Yeah, yeah, getting a nice burrito or something after a workout. But yeah, I love Chipotle. Clothes, I'm like all over the place. You can literally send me anywhere. That's my thing. It's it makes me a difficult Christmas gift receiver because I'm very flexible. Like it, there's not much that you can give me that I'm I'm not going to be like oh I, I'll enjoy this and I'll use this in some way so that's a good thing but it also uh, yeah it can make it difficult for those that are are looking to get me a, uh, a gift. Well, Vanderbilt's men's basketball team gave the fan base a gift with an unbeaten trip to Hawaii. You no, know, the Grinch kind of stole a little bit of the Christmas joy by taking away the. The final game with Stanford that was called due to COVID. But what did we learn about the Commodores out in Honolulu, Sam? Yeah, uh, Chris, like you said, Christmas definitely came early. Uh, I think everybody was kind of when uh, the preseason schedule came out. You looked ahead and you saw a potential matchup with BYU that was kind of chalked up, uh, just kind of as a loss for uh for Vanderbilt but uh obviously pulling it out and that that Stanford game would have been a fun one to tune into Christmas but I think what we learned um more than anything was that they are growing if nothing else um they're getting better they're improving um both with their the way that they're handling certain at the way, let, let me say it this way the way they played at the end of the BYU game and the way they handled themselves down the stretch is different than how they handled themselves at the beginning of the season against teams like Temple, SMU. When things began to unravel against those teams, they unraveled. The wheels fell off the bus. Against BYU, they looked a little bit more poised. They looked better coached. Um, they looked all the things that contending and competitive college basketball teams do. Um, and then just and as far as a a basketball perspective, you know, making more shots, having a better approach, um, a little bit more confidence, a little bit more heart and hustle. Um, and I think as they continue to grow as a team and as 
Rodney gets uh, gets more w- with this team and plays more games, and hopefully when Liam comes back soon, that will continue to be to be something that we see. But them growing was almost as important as them being competitive because uh, I think the the biggest problem with the Vanderbilt program in recent years is kind of the the stagnation of the program's development. You know, you you have a few bad seasons, you change the coach, but it seems to be the same thing over and over again. And for the first time in a long time, I definitely think you're seeing something different from Vanderbilt and you're seeing a much more competitive team uh, than you have in years past. Okay, last time we saw Vanderbilt before Hawaii, Sam, it was the Loyola of Chicago game, which they were never really in in the second half. Clearly, were outclassed in that one. The offense had a lot of trouble, which had been an ongoing theme. I guess, actually, they played Austin Peay since then, so that's not correct. But the last big game they had was that one. And I remember talking to Scottie Pippen afterwards, and he was asked about his role on the team or something like that. And he he went on a little bit of a, a rambling answer to the question. And basically, he said in there, look, my job is to pass the ball more. We need to do more than just have me scoring. Uh, more or less that kind of thinking and that, look, I can't afford to be you know, all the offense all the time for us, indicating that, that he wanted, again, to spread it around and involve more teammates. Frankly, I thought that the end of the BYU game was one of the more memorable games for Vanderbilt I've seen in a while. And frankly, Scottie Pippen Jr. won that game for them by himself. I, I know that They've got their intentions and all those things, but I look around at the rest of the team, and it's not like they don't have some other parts they can use, but I frankly think that's the right approach. I think when they get deep into games and have got to have somebody do something, like it or not, I think the way they won that BYU game is the way they're going to have to win games in the SEC. Agree or disagree? Agree, 100%. Uh, I think that is Scott, that is the beauty of having a guy like Scotty Pippen Jr. And I think it's a, a very kind of underappreciated thing in college basketball is, is having that guy. And it's something that every team who's going to be competitive uh, and consistently good needs. Um, just an example I can give you, Chris, I'm in all my years covering Illinois basketball. There, there was a feeling of, you know, this team's good. They don't really have one guy who can create his shot and knock down the big shot at the end of the game. You need your ice man kind of uh, when the, when the clock's ticking. And then Io DeSumo came around and turned down, turned around the program for Illinois and just being uh, that guy. And you see it now in Ohio state with EJ Liddell, you see it in some of these uh, just really competitive programs and Johnny Juzang. And uh, I mean, last year with Jalen Suggs at Gonzaga, when they needed a big shot and when they needed scoring late in the game, there was one guy who always seemed to take that last shot. And I think that's what Scotty can be. I like him as the passer that he wants to be, but we know that not everybody else is as consistent a scorer. Um, but I think when the time comes down the stretch, whether it's an SEC game, whether it's a competitive out-of-conference game like BYU, that's when it's Scotty time. That's when he can take over. Um, and that is the the beauty of having a prolific scorer on your roster that can get hot and win a game by himself. 
Okay, you've talked about Rodney Chapman before, um, and I guess we'll get into that question a little bit later, or, or maybe we won. I thought we had something in the mailbag about him, but I don't think we we do actually. So with that, Chapman, three games in, averaging 19 minutes a game, took on a little bit of a bigger role in terms of minutes out in Hawaii, averaging 19.2 minutes a game, not doing much in the scoring column, only averaging three points a game, not shooting the ball particularly well. Uh, but I know you continue to think that he's a big addition to this team. Now that you've seen them a couple more times, again, what does he mean? How does that change things for them? Yeah, uh, I'm not reading too much into the shooting struggles for him specifically right now. It can be tough coming back from an injury. Final, uh, I mean, Stack has said it about Jordan and Trey a few times as well, but kind of getting back into the game um, and just kind of having – there's a difference between being in the gym, taking shots, and getting in game flow and the rhythm of a game and taking shots there. So I think that'll come throughout time. But what he does bring right now, uh, one of the things he brought against BYU was a veteran calming presence that I think really helps um, some of the, the more inexperienced guys, some of these guys who, while they might be experienced, have never really experienced playing tight, close games against really good teams. You know, even Scotty and Jordan and guys who have been here for a little bit, this whole winning culture is kind of a new thing to them. Um, and Rodney knows how to win. Rodney has won before. One of the things, uh, my favorite few minutes of Rodney Chapman so far came right at the end of the first half against BYU. There was a little bit there where it looked like things were going to get out of hand. They had a few turnovers. They had a few frustration fouls that were sending BYU to the line. And it was like, okay, here we go. Here's the spiral. Next thing you know, Rodney hit a three. He forced a turnover with like a blocked shot out of bounds uh, on the next possession, got them the ball back, got them back in the game. And it felt like when he took it into his own hands, he calmed them. So even if he's not contributing in the scoreboard uh, or in the box score, rather, I do think he, he's just a guy who knows how to win. And if you are a program wanting to teach your guys about a winning culture, you need guys like Rodney in your program uh, who have experienced it themselves and can be that firsthand example uh, of what it takes. This season of the Vandy Sports Podcast is made possible by my friend, Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. When it comes to general or cosmetic dentistry services, Jody is the best in Nashville. And just check out his client list. It testifies to that. He sees movie stars, music stars, athletes, coaches, you name it. Jody is the dentist of choice for stars in Nashville. But he sees regular folks like you and I as well. And what people like about the experience is the ambiance. Someone described it to me as a tooth spa. I went in and looked at it myself. That's exactly what it is. It is a relaxing, friendly environment. So whether your dental needs are general or cosmetic, go see Jody. Call him at 615-270-2322. His office is located at 55 Music Square East, not far from downtown Nashville, not far from the Vanderbilt campus. Jody is a former Vanderbilt football player, a huge booster of Commodore Athletics. His support as the title sponsor for Season 7 is the reason we are able to do this podcast. Go see Dr. Jody Jones today. Thank him for his support of the Vandy Sports Podcast and tell him you heard about it here. Okay, Jermaine Mann didn't play either game in Hawaii, out for some time with an injury. Reading between the lines of what you've heard said, any idea 
when they get him back, how they make adjustments if he's out any longer? Um, a timetable, not specifically. I don't think it is that serious for Jermaine Mann. Um, I think if he's not back by Arkansas coming up here, I do think South Carolina would be a realistic goal for him. So probably around the next time that they're home uh, for, for Jermaine Mann. But uh, it, if not, I do think they continue basically going with what they did, which is Taron Frank getting a little bit more minutes off the bench. Um, he struggled a little bit against BYU, but played really well against Twy and Austin P. But Taron seems to be that kind of substitution guy for Jermaine, uh, who does the rebounding and shot blocking very well. Um, and obviously, I would say that that loss of Jermaine Mann hurts them a little bit less with the improved play of Quentin Malore Brown. He's been very impressive uh, to me. And I think a lot of other fans who didn't really know Quentin had this in him, uh, but his performance recently has been very, uh, very strong and shows that maybe they can afford uh, to rest Jermaine a little bit longer and make sure he's a hundred percent. That's a really good segue into the mailbag. If you're ready to go there. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, our mailbag is sponsored by Sutherland and Belk, a family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in an accident, please give Taylor or Russell a call. That number, 615-846-6200, see what your rights are and if they can help. Ann Arbordor asks, Quentin Malore Brown seems to have played well lately. Do you think he can continue in his progress in the SEC schedule, or would you expect someone else like Mann to get more SEC minutes, assuming Robbins isn't available? Let me hit the first part of that, and you can correct me if you've heard Stackhouse say anything differently. I get the impression there's a little rumbling that I guess Robbins could be back within a couple of weeks, so hopefully that's not an issue we continue to have to talk about is his unavailability, but I'll just let you hit that whole question uh, entirely there, Sam. Yeah. Uh, I mean, one, I, I do think you're correct on Liam. He's been moving around without the boot recently. So, uh, you know, similar track to Rodney was just a few weeks ago where they're going to try and get him moving around a little bit more and maybe working him into, into practice and, and ramping up speed a little bit. So, the hope was always for him to be back by SEC play. He won't play um, against Arkansas, so maybe not quite that soon. But I do think within the next few weeks here, we might be seeing a Liam Robbins debut. Um, as, far as, as far as Quentin Malore Brown's concerned, do I think he can continue his production? Um, my answer would be yes, why not? Uh, it's obviously going to be a bigger challenge. Um, the, the bodies that you're playing in the SEC, the athletic uh, big men that you're playing in the SEC is going to be far different from what they've been seeing recently. Uh, but I do think as well, part of Quentin's success, I think, comes from the change in offensive approach for for Vanderbilt and with, with what uh, Stack has done with the team. We, we talked so much about how their offense was isolation scoring and shooting the three um, and a lot of perimeter shots without a ton of movement. And, and over the last few games, really since the start of that Austin P game, since Rodney came back, we've seen a team that goes to the paint first. Scotty goes to the paint first. Rodney goes to the paint first. They either work the ball down low or get down low themselves. And they play this inside out basketball that, as we saw against BYU, can force contact um, against, you know, opposing defenses and put them in foul trouble. And as we saw against 
some uh, some of these other teams, like when they played Hawaii, when they played Austin P. It also opens up a space for the rebounding. Um, and Quentin's rebounding prowess and his ability to score comes from him being in the right place in the right time. A lot of uh, a lot in most cases. So a lot of rebounds, a lot of offensive putbacks, and then a lot of dishes from Scotty or Rodney or whoever the point guard is at the time. So I think that's a lot of his production. Um, so obviously going to have to be guarding some. Uh, steeper competition, more athletic, and some fiercer competition. But I think Quentin's the starter. I think Jerry sees him as really their one and only one true center. Um, so he'll be down there as the starter and, and eating those minutes early in SEC play. And Liam's probably the only one who can take that from him. Next one comes from Mr. Vandy. What's the biggest difference you've seen in the overall team play since Rodney Chapman has returned? I guess we did have a Chapman question. I think you answered most of that earlier, but if there's any loose ends here with that, now's a good time to tie those up, Sam. Yeah. Uh, so one of them, obviously, is I mentioned it. it it's getting into the paint. Um, it's putting up shots. It's force, like putting up shots that are reasonable to make and, and getting rebounds and forcing contact and then you know that always creates open space for shooters but uh kind of the the result of that i would say is everybody contributing and i wrote about it after the byu game just that at how impressed i had been but everybody who received quality playing time against byu and by that i mean really double digit minutes they had a moment they they had a time where they did something huge to really help vanderbilt win the game um and i think rodney's you know, we complained early on in the season about the lack of depth that there was to the team. You know, it was like if Scotty was playing well and Jordan was playing well, they might win. But if not, then their offense was struggling. And we've seen just recently how, how much everybody has been able to contribute. Everybody's been able to have their own different moment or different thing. Um, really since Rodney came back, I don't know if it's a direct result of Rodney. I don't know if it's a direct result of the new system, um, but it's definitely noticeable. And I think it's a big difference. Bex4VU asks, what do you think is a good ratio of assist to made baskets? I'm assuming we're well short of that, but don't have the numbers handy. How far off are we? Okay, here are the numbers. Vanderbilt has had 128 assists on 287 made baskets, 93 of those were three-pointers, 146 turnovers, which is not a good number. Now, opponents have had 140 assists uh, against 201 turnovers and 251 made baskets. Yeah, I mean, certainly that has been an issue at times. You you can say whatever the ideal number is, I don't know, but a couple of nights where they had a couple of assists and struggled offensively, you could just watch it and see that it was an issue. But what are your thoughts on all that, Sam? Yeah, I mean, right now they're averaging 10.7 assists per game. Um, that's not good, and it's not, it's not going to cut it just for a reference there. Arizona currently leading the NCAA. They got 21.3 a game. They got about double uh, what, what Vanderbilt has. You know, you don't need 20. Uh, I think that that's an exceptional number, but you do need to be uh, somewhere around 14 to 16 per game. Um, and th that's what they've done recently. It's what they need to continue to do um, is moving the basketball. I, I think that it will be, yeah, it's, 
easier to do it with with their current style of play than how they did it before, taking so many threes kind of off the dribble. You're never going to have a bunch of assists. And then obviously the shooting struggles brought that down. But uh, what they're doing now is good. Uh, but putting the ball to the paint, making it off of shooting off of a pass or uh, shooting in the paint off a pass and being unselfish on the fast break. I'd like to see them anywhere between 14 and 16 assists per game. Um, and with the uh, the prolific scores and the ability to shoot that Vanderbilt has as well as their defense. If they're doing that, it's going to be really tough to beat them. Yeah, if you want to look at it in more modern analytical terms, Ken Palm has got their assist rate to field goals at 44.6%. That's 295th nationally, which is really odd when you've got a point guard like Scottie Pippen Jr. Yeah, I it. It is weird because, like you said, Scotty is such a playmaker, and and he's such a good scorer that he commands the attention of a defense. And so when you have one guy that you know everybody else is looking at, it feels like the team should be better at finding the open guy um, to make sure that that is uh, – that you're distributing the ball and getting open looks. They haven't done that very well. Um, and it, it's really been uh, what has been their Achilles heel so far this season. But uh, going forward, as we've seen, I think Rodney and Scotty have kind of adapted their mentality to understanding their role within this team a little bit more. Um, and that's translated to better passing. Um, so yeah, 295th in the country is not going to cut it. They got to move the ball better. I'm going to be a jerk here and put you on the spot. Who do you think is second on the team and assists right now without looking? Jordan Wright. Close. It's Quentin Malora Brown. Wright is third with 17. Malora Brown is second with 20 to only nine turnovers, which is the best ratio on the team. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that seems to be uh... – that that seems to be the struggle, I guess. And, and I think you can dive into that a little bit. I guess Jordan Wright, just because of a, a usage rate, uh, I assumed with, uh, he, he seemed to get the ball a lot and be a big part of the offense early on. But one of the things that a lot of these guards have done is just kind of, they shoot a lot. And when they get the ball, they shoot. So these guys like uh, Dizoni and Trey Thomas and Miles Studi, these are more of three-point specialists and less playmakers. So that doesn't surprise me a ton. Uh, but it does speak to Quentin's value down low. Um, and even furthermore would say that his usage rate is probably pretty high um, and really one of Stackhouse's only options down low at the moment. Well, he doesn't waste a lot of possessions. He's missed 18 shots from the field this year. Now, he's only hit 26, so it's not like he's a volume guy. But between that and, and nine turnovers, he's one of these guys that you know he's not going to be one of your big dogs, but in a supporting player like that, what you want is a guy who's not screwing it up. Uh, and certainly he's given them value on the defensive end, but offensively, he's not a lot of a guy who's ending a lot of possessions prematurely for them. And he's shooting 59% from the field too. So he's a guy that when the opportunity is there, he's doing a really good job of taking advantage of that and not throwing a lot of possessions away, which is something this team really needs right now. Yeah, it's the type of guy every team needs too, Chris. Like you, you need the role players who are efficient and who, like you said, I like just don't mess it up. If you have great scores and great playmakers like Scotty, the last thing you want is for him to make make a bunch of plays and give it to somebody who's gonna miss open shots or get, give it to somebody who's gonna turn the ball over. And you don't want to get sloppy. 
And uh, I'm not sure, you know, maybe I've been a little bit more convinced over the last three games. Going into the year, I think there was a lot of concern about whether Quentin could be a starting center on an SEC team. And I'm still not sure I'm fully convinced of that yet. But I do know that he has a role on this team and is a good contributor to this team where when Liam comes back, you feel like you have another option uh, below Liam Robbins to be a strong rim protector and an efficient guy on the offensive end of the floor. So um, from somebody who was benched against Temple because he wasn't getting any rebounds for uh, and was sent to the bench for Taron Frank to uh, somebody now just a few games later who... I think Vanderbilt fans and coaches alike are really starting to appreciate what he's done and and doing the little things for the team. Yeah, I'm with you on all that. I think, again, he's a supporting player. And then when Robbins is back, Robbins is is more of your your big dog, lead dog type guy. That allows him to be more of a supporting player. But I think he's done a really good job of stepping up and providing more than we thought he'd have to provide so far. Yeah, for sure. And I, yeah. Total credit to uh, to Quentin on just uh, on stepping into that role here late. He's been a huge part in the victories, um, just the dominance on the glass against Austin P in Hawaii, and um, well, he the double double performance for him against Hawaii, and then again huge down the stretch with his efficiency against BYU. He's been a big part of why they've uh, kind of had a little bit more confidence going into the new year. Sam, anything we didn't get to today that's worth a mention? Um, just keeping your eye out on Liam Robbins. I'm going to try and do my best investigative journalism here and try and figure out what we have. Uh, they might be trying to keep it a little bit close to the vest like they did with uh, Rodney. And just we might wake up one day and see Liam in the starting lineup. And hopefully that's sooner rather than later. But uh, just just rooting on him to come back um, and continuing to play this, this good basketball. Um, and I don't care if they played the game or not. Uh, Vanderbilt's the diamond head champs and nobody can take that away from us. Hey, Sam, thanks for your time on the pod today. Uh, where can people find you on Twitter? Twitter, it's uh, Sam underscore Phelan, uh, P-H-A-L-E-N on the last name. There's a link on any of the articles I've posted to the site, or you can just hand search it yourself. But I'm, I'm tweeting game recaps and tweeting bandy stuff as I hear it, um, and then uh, some Chicago stuff, and really college basketball uh, as a whole as we go here. I'm I'm trying to stay up to date with all the all the uh, latest news. All right. Thanks, Sam. We'll catch up with you again on the podcast again next week. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We thank our presenting sponsor, Jody Jones DDS. We thank our other sponsors, Sutherland and Belk and MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, and that's how we make this work, please email me at chrislee70 at gmail.com. We also ask that you subscribe to our website, VandySports.com. That is $99 a year. You get things there that you don't get here. And, of course, please rate, review, and subscribe where you see our podcast. That helps us get noticed. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at VandySports.com. Follow me at ChrisLee70. And finally, subscribe to our Vandy Sports YouTube channel as well. Thank you for listening to the Vandy Sports Podcast, which is part of the 440 Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. We'll catch you with another episode coming very soon.